everybody, and welcome back to the D&B Supply Show podcast. Hey, this is Matt Breckwald. It is great to have you here, and it is even greater to have our guest on today. Miss Jana Volkers is joining us to talk all about pygmy goats and how to select a pygmy goat for the fair. Jana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Hey, you bet. It is my pleasure. And also, I want to say thank you for being an FFA advisor. I'm going to let you get into that in your bio here in a second. But uh, we need FFA advisors. We need ag teachers in the high schools. And so it probably doesn't get said enough. But thank you for doing that. It's a great job. I'd love to promote it more. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's do that. Let's talk about you. Tell us who you are and, and what you do, how long you've been doing it and all of that. My name is Jana Volkers. I have been teaching in the Nampa School District uh, for 22 years. I've been an FFA advisor and ag teacher. Um, and so I've, I've taught many generations of, of agricultural kids um, in the Valley. Um, I'm currently at Columbia High School. Uh, before we built that building, I was at Skyview. So um, I've taught students at both places. We're a magnet program. So I actually teach kids from Nampa High, Skyview, and Columbia. Um, so kids from all over town. Um, I've been raising goats for over 20 years also. So that's kind of a passion of mine. I've turned into a crazy goat lady apparently. (laughs) And um, I enjoy that. Very cool. So uh, now do you raise specifically pygmy goats or is, is the pygmy breed just one part of your, your goat herd? I actually, I really like goats. So I raise pygmy goats. Um, and dairy goats, Nubian dairy goats. And then um, in the last handful of years, we've added in the boar goats, which are super popular in our area. So yeah. we've, we've added those as my own children have gotten old enough to start exhibiting. We added that breed as well. So I kind of have my hands in all different aspects of the goat world. Okay. Did you grow up around livestock and farming and things like that? Uh, I, I grew up with cattle. I was a, strictly a cattle girl growing up. Um, that was my thing. That was my passion. That's what we had. Um, and then, gosh, my first or second year teaching, I had a student who was graduating who um, really loved his goats and had to get rid of them when he graduated. And I, I don't know, I must have had sucker written across my head. So I said, <laughs> I'll, buy your, I'll buy your goat herd from you um, with no intention of keeping them for very long. I thought I'd just keep them long enough to help soothe his anxiety about graduating and getting rid of his animals and whatnot. And... Uh, like I said, 21, 22 years later, I still have goats. <laughs> um, so they're, they're kind of addicting. They're, they're just have great personalities and they're great pets to have. You know, there's two things you said there that resonate with me so strongly. So uh, one of those is that I never intended to raise goats. We have goats on my farm in Cuna. And yeah. what happened was we bought our place back in 2011. There wasn't a fence on the place. And so there was just a lot of weeds, no irrigation set up. Nothing. And so while we were getting this place put together, my wife and my daughter were starting to get impatient and they, they wanted to get some animals. So we ended up, we started with pygmy goats with some electric netting, mm-hmm. eating weeds. There was tons for them to eat. And I, uh, the moment we brought one goat onto this place, people started giving us goats and saying, yes. we don't want our goats anymore. Do you want them? And this, gro- uh, this goat, do you call them a flock, a herd? I, I've never even looked into that. <laughs> An addiction? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that has grown. And uh, now it's actually a very complimentary part of our farm with our cattle. And uh, that occurred to me that you had kind of a similar experience. And then the yeah. other thing, you talked about growing up with beef cattle, uh, but choosing, choosing goats in this way. And it's funny, <laughs> uh, we raise uh, on our farm, we have goats, we have cattle, and we have pigs. 
And when my daughter got into 4-H, she decided she wanted to show sheep. The, the one animal that we weren't raising her with. So I don't know how that works. Maybe you can, you can explain that, Jenna. I, I'm exactly the same way. I, we raised pigs. Um, we had cattle for a lot of years. And finally, my husband said, you have an extraordinarily large amount of goats. We don't have room for the cows anymore. So we, actually, the animal that I initially loved my entire life, we got rid of. We don't have cows anymore. We have lots and lots of goats and pigs. So um, they just have such great personalities. They fit into wherever uh-huh. you need them to fit. They're easy to handle. They're easy to work with. You don't need any specific, like you said, fencing or, or, you know, livestock crowds like you do for cattle. So mm-hmm. they just sort of ended up unintentionally working their way into our lives. Yeah, I understand it. I understand how that can happen for sure. Well, so let me ask you about the pygmy goat. I mean, you, you named off a number of different breeds of goats that you raise, but of course there's a number of breeds of goats that you don't. So what is it about the pygmy goat that that's caused you to keep them there on your farm? Oh gosh. Well, like I said, I first sort of inherited them on accident um, and thought they were cute and little, but didn't think much beyond that. Um, but soon came to realize that they just have really, really great personalities. Um, they like to be around people. They're probably the more dog-like of any of the livestock species as far as actually really liking to be with you and wanting to follow you around. And um, when you end up with bottle babies, they're easy to <laughs> integrate into your household and your backyard. Um, I'm like you starting off, you know, with, I had goats in a dog kennel at one point and, mm-hmm. um, moved on to, of course, a lot more space than that, but they really integrate themselves really well into, um, anyone's life. I have a lot of students over the years who lived in subdivisions and like and kept them in dog kennels in their backyard. And then they go walk in through their subdivision <laughs> with this little goat on a leash. Um, I think their personalities are great for most people. I think that their size because they are a miniature species. Um, it's, it's something that's easy to handle, especially for people who have never been around livestock. They can be pretty intimidating, the size factor. So something that's you know, 40, 50 pounds is a lot easier to deal with than, than the larger livestock. Um, so it's a, it's a, they're a good introductory animal for little kids, for people who've never owned livestock, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly how my daughter got started in 4-H. Um, I said mm-hmm. she shows sheep, but... Her first two years, she was a clover bud. And yeah. the one thing she was allowed to exhibit as a clover bud was a, was a pygmy goat. And they had a special right. pygmy goat show for the, for the clover buds. And I'll tell you what, that was a lot of fun. And I think she learned a ton from doing it too. Yeah. That it's, it's, um, clover. I saw a lot of pygmy goats to clover bud, um, kids who are showing their first, first, second, third year, however long they're in clover buds is whatever their age allows because their animal has to be smaller than them, way less than mm-hmm. them. Um, and so, again, something that's very dog-like in personality, kids, kids understand that. And it's, it's easy for them to work with, you know, at the age of five, six, seven, it's easy for them to work with and handle and deal with a pygmy goat. They don't require a lot of specialty, mm-hmm. anything. So they're really great for, for those first showmanship experiences. Now, how long have you been selling uh, goats and pygmy goats specifically to exhibitors for the fair? Oh, gosh. You know, the first handful of years that I had them, I just, I just, I don't know. I ended up keeping a lot of them, I think, <laughs> uh, on accident. Um, I've probably been selling them to 4-H kids for probably 10 years or so. Okay. Um, maybe a little bit outside of that. You know, when you start paying attention to some genetics and some um, anatomy traits, that's where you feel more comfortable mm-hmm. um, selling for a competitive reason versus just a pet. Okay. And 
so down at the Canyon County Fair, uh, it, obviously there's the there's the pygmy goat show with the clover buds. But is there a is there a pygmy goat show that is uh, you know the next level up where they're actually passing out blue ribbons and they're getting competitive and they're having a grand champion and things like that. Absolutely. Yeah. So after they all clover buds get a participation ribbon, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're perfectly happy to get that little participation (laughs) ribbon. But after they reach the official 4-H age, um, they can continue to show pygmy goats all through their 4-H experience or SFA experience. Um, And so that just that um, is divided into classes, just like every other species would be by your age or by your um, your ranking in it through 4-H or FFA. So, yeah, it's competitive. Um, ranking ribbons exist every year. Um, the big awards always depend on if there's sponsors, of course, in those areas. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can you you end up being in the running for overall awards through 4-H as well as um, individual awards for each of the the classes that you enter. So it's just like every other competitive species. There's um, different different classes you can enter your goat in, whether it's a mother with some babies or just an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, you can enter lots of different. Uh, categories i guess is there so is there a market show like for for the pygmy breed there's not um they they sort of fall under the i guess they're more they looked at as more of a pet okay um category so um there's not a a market category although they are and they are a meat type of animal so you know you you could certainly butcher them if you wanted to but um they've sort of have wiggled their way into our hearts into the, the pet category Okay. So when it comes to the competitors kind of at those higher levels at the fair, mm-hmm. when in pygmy goats, we're talking about uh, breeding stock and that type of assessment and then showmanship. Would those be the two major categories? Yes. Okay. Yep. For, so there'd be quality classes and then showmanship classes. Okay. And the quality class, that's going to be when you have like a doe with a couple kids or something mm-hmm. like that. Okay. Yep. Okay. So with your experience with you've been selling, you've been selling pygmy goats to exhibitors for 10 years. And obviously you're probably following those goats through the fair to see how they're doing and how the exhibitors you sold to are performing with them. What have you seen in terms of, I don't know, trends or, or what helps, you know, what's important when you're selecting a pygmy goat, if you want to have that success at the fair? Well, they sort of are a catch 22 because they are a dwarf or miniature species. Um, that short, compact body, small body is really what's um, desirable. But like all species, the the smaller you get, um, there's some problems that can be associated with them. So, um, giving birth, C-section rates are a lot higher for the little, t- for the very tiny, um, for the tiny does. And so, I guess just um, if you go into it looking at it, that's going to be a pet. You know, look for small, compact, stocky. Um, sort of square set to the ground, little goat. Um, if you're looking for breeding and actually you're wanting to breed your own, again, um, make sure you the breeder you purchase from knows what they're doing so that um, their C-section rates have been lower than they should be or lower than an average. Um, but it is always a risk for anything that's really small and miniature like that. So that's something to be aware of if, if you're going to jump in the breeding thing. Okay. Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, so... Have you had to have some of your does uh, deliver through C-section? I have. Um, not for a lot of years. Um, but, you know, if you have a female that needs a C-section um, and you're, you know that the buck was of an appropriate size, then maybe, maybe her anatomy, you know, the size of her pelvis or whatnot, is just not 
going to work out for future. So I try not to um, ever rebreed the ones that, that need to have a C-section. I'd like for them to deliver on their own and have me just walk out to the barn and find happy, healthy babies out there. Sure. Yeah, I agree with that. And fortunately, I haven't been through that yet. Um, we've got a couple of pygmies here and uh, we try to avoid that. You know, is with pygmy goats, is it, is it like with cattle where um, you can use a different type of buck on maybe the first time that they have kids or something like that to reduce that chance? Gosh, I, I, not that I'm aware of the only other really small goat would be like a Nigerian dwarf. Uh Um, you would, I mean, you just, there's not much smaller than a pygmy goat. Maybe a Nigerian would be a little bit smaller. Um, I haven't really, I've had a couple of Nigerians too, and I haven't really noticed, um, a distinct difference in size of the kids. So I guess just making sure, especially for the first time that your doe is old enough, you know, sometimes people want to push breeding to a fairly young age for their does. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just makes me nervous. I would like them to be as full grown as possible so that they could, you know, have the better chance of giving, giving birth unassisted is sort of my philosophy on that, that, um, I know people breed younger than I do. So, okay. Well, going back to the exhibitor, who's going to go buy a pygmy goat, they're going to show it competitively at the fair. If, if really, if the emphasis on what they're going to be seeking a ribbon for is showmanship, um, is there, is there anything they can actually look at in the goat to figure out if it's going to be a good contender for them when they're, they're making that purchase selection? Sure. Well, showmanship is a whole different game. You know, that, that's sort of how you and your goat are working well together. So you could probably afford to have a, maybe a little bit taller, bigger bodied animal that, that, you know, in hindsight, maybe would have better chance of of birthing unassisted because, because that part's not necessarily judged in showmanship. Mm -hmm. So for showmanship, I'm, I'm all looking at personality of that goat. Um, you know, are they going to, do they bond with you? Are they willing to, you know, they're, they're sort of stubborn little packages. Um, so the earlier you can work with them, the younger they are, where they can, kind of like a puppy. They have to learn to trust you and learn to be with you. And mm-hmm. you spend a lot of time with them. So really that, that personality is as what I would um, look at a whole lot more for showmanship purposes. Because again, if, if they haven't been handled and they're fair, they're getting fairly old and haven't ever been handled, then um, their willingness to right. <laughs> become leash trained is going to drop significantly. So um, if, if, especially for a first time, shower or showmanship person, regardless of age, um, mm-hmm. you want to have a good experience. And so um, I would say get an animal that's fairly young when you get them and spend lots of time with them, just like you would a puppy. Don't mm-hmm. assume you could, you know, be like a, I don't know, a, a cow or a pig or something <laughs> right. that you can just put out to pasture and then go see it when you're ready to start doing some work. They, they really need to be um, social like a, like a dog would. They need a lot of time spent with them they'll be your best friend after that. But mm-hmm. um, there, you can't think you're going to walk out to an animal that's been on pasture for months and throw a leash on it and right. have it walk around behind you. So right. do you rec- personality? Is that- and, and so if somebody's going to, if their emphasis is going to be on showmanship, do you recommend them uh, getting that, that goat uh, young enough that they can bottle feed it and bond that way? <laughs> well, bottle feeding takes a whole, <laughs> takes a lot of responsibility and sure. a lot of time. And, um, you know, I enjoy bottle feeding goats. I enjoy being able to take them into my classroom for my students to be able to see. Uh-huh. Um, and I have a lot of hands to help out with that. Um, with that being said, it doesn't work into everybody's lifestyle. So, um, you know, 
shortly after weaning would be my my best suggestion if if you think bottle feeding is probably a little more than you want to deal with and a little bit more than you want to handle you know as soon as that that baby is weaned certainly try to get them um, with you and spending time with you okay. now what about selecting a breeder uh, what would you recommend to folks when they're, they're looking around at prospective breeders they're going to be mm-hmm. purchasing a pygmy goat uh, is there anything, any questions they should be asking that breeder, anything they should be looking for in terms of their website or their business practices, anything like that? Well, again, like all other animals, it depends on how competitive you want to be. If, you're, if your child is you know, five years old and just wants to try clover buds for the first time and just wants a best friend little pet, um, I don't know that you need to necessarily have a big fancy breeder's website that you're referencing or, mm-hmm. or things like that. Um, if if you're wanting to be competitive as far as um, as far as quality of the goats, then maybe that's a route that you should take. But um, one of the things I usually suggest is that somebody they, that people go and watch the show the year before their their kid might be, you know, interested in doing this. If you can go to Canyon County Fair or one of the fairs and and watch the goat show, you can learn a whole lot. You can um, visit with people there and find out, you know, who their breeders are, where they get their goats. If you see one that really catches your eye, you know, people are willing to visit with you about it and, and chat about it. I don't, I'm not aware of a huge number of pygmy goat breeders in our area mm-hmm. um, that are, that are, you know, big websites and those sorts of <laughs> yeah. things, but there's a lot of us that sort of have um, our fingers dipping in the, mm-hmm. in the world of pygmy goats and, <clears throat> and raising some. So it, it really depends on what your end goal is. But um, for me, when my child, my own personal children, when they first started off, the goats that they picked to show were the goats that they just loved, the ones they bonded with. Mm-hmm. We weren't really worried about, you know, the quality or the, or the, that sort of thing. They just wanted a little best friend to have and be responsible for. So again, because, because they're sort of balancing that world between livestock and pet, um, especially for little kids, I kind of would worry more about the pet quality um, versus a competitive type of thing. You'll, you'll know over the next couple of years, if, if you're, I keep on wanting to say student. If your child is going to be compet wants to be competitive, uh-huh. then you can keep um, you know, looking for the more competitive type animals as far as quality, but really personality and and meshing with your just like a puppy. They have to mesh with you and bond with you. Okay. Now on the other side of that, when you're selecting a pygmy goat for the quality competition, are mm. are exhibitors, are they purchasing does that have already been bred? Or is this to in order to qualify, do you need to have the buck? on your property and you be conducting all of the breeding? Well, rules, rules are going to vary depending on what shows you are, depending on uh, what the rules are for 4-H are different than FFA. And we'd be different if you were showing uh, like a pygmy goat association shows, mm-hmm. um, all those rules for how long you have to own the animal, um, how, if they have to be in your possession, if you have records on them, all those rules will change according to what um, venue you're showing through. So you need to know that first. Um, you know, for 4-H and FFA, you have to own your own animal for a period of time. Um, and it'll tell you in the fair rules or the fair book, whatever those, whatever those rules are. Um, most people, most kids I have that exhibit don't own a buck. Okay. Um, male, male goats are, uh, <laughs> they, they have a certain aroma to them that yes. make them not that great for your average person to own. So, so most people that uh, most of my students, um, just have females or weathers instead of having a, a male okay. or having a buck with them. And then they'll send them out for breeding purposes just so they don't have to deal with having a billy goat. Cause Got they it. do have a 
definite aroma. <laughs> that is right. Yeah, we have uh, we've got that going on right here, uh, just below my studio out in the pasture. Uh, okay, yep. so uh, when it comes to the quality class, and and you're going to have a dough that that is going to have kids. If mm-hmm. you you brought up the issue of C-section, if if the dough during her delivery for that very year, if she winds up requiring a C-section, does that mean this exhibitor is done? They're out or can they still exhibit even though the judges are going to be able to tell that she's had a C-section, I'm assuming from the incision and, and things like that? Yeah. Well, it depends on how early in the year she had to have it. If her hair has grown back, okay. it might be pretty hard to see because you don't body clip. You don't like a uh, close clip, I guess, mm-hmm. a pygmy coat, a pygmy goat body. So it probably depends on how early in the year. And, and again, you know, if you look at our goat show at Kenny County Fair, um, there's not a huge number of pygmy goats yeah. that are exhibited. So you're not going to be disqualified by any means um, for having a C-section scar if they, if they can still see it. Now, you know, if it's fairly fresh, I don't know that I would want to traumatize her and haul her to the fair um, mm-hmm. with a fairly recent incision. But no, that doesn't disqualify you. If you're if you're looking at breed association shows, um, again, pay attention to those specific rules. And and I have not shown with the Pygmy Goat Association, so I don't know what their rules on that are. But as far as 4-H or FFA, it's, it's fine. Okay. All right. Very good. Well, Jana, thank you. This is very, very valuable information and uh, we very much appreciate borrowing your expertise today. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing this with us. Thanks for having me. They're, I, they're a great pet. They're a great first animal and I really encourage people to, to look into them when they're first starting out, especially. Well, thank you for being here, everybody. And thank you to Jana Volkers for all that great information today. We hope this helps you out. And hey, from us here at D&B Supply to you, wherever you find yourself, enjoy your Western lifestyle, however you define it. <music>